More than 50% of us globally like nothing more than to sit down and have a nice treat at lunchtime, or a sneaky snack after supper. The saying is that there is only so much you can have of a good thing. The cases we are looking at today are all related to the worldwide phenomenon that is chocolate, which I admit to not being a lover of but I have many family members who prefer the company of their favorite bar, over the company of people. If you are like them at all, and you like a choxy treat, or like me and enjoy true crime and mysteries, this is the post for you. Why not take a seat and grab something to graze on while you read? Bishop bumped off. In 17th century Chiapas, Mexico, there was a fair share of scandal, crime and intrigue and this is no surprise, as throughout the ages, all places seemed to have a number of stories that raised more questions than it answered. In this, the first recorded case of a death by chocolate. The well-to-do Spaniards were addicted to chocolate and refused to stick to the local church ban of eating chocolate while at services. The people in town were never going to agree with this. They were full-blown addicted to it and decided they would attend services at local convents, where the ban wasn't mandatory and people could consume chocolate at service if they chose to. The bishop who passed the ruling was later found dead, having consumed his daily allowance of drinking chocolate, likely not knowing it was laced with poison, drinking it all and dying soon after. Botkin's Box of Death Cordelia Botkin, in a nutshell, was a scandalous woman of the time she lived. Quite masculine in nature and overly sexual in her language and behavior. She was disliked by women and secretly enjoyed by men as the man's woman. She was by all accounts rough around the edges, a bit podgy, and common but she developed a love for taking racy photos of herself. This attracted the attention of men who wanted to have some fun with a lady of the night, who was different from the regular street walkers, she was someone you could be with. It didn't take long for her to become embroiled in scandal and become a married man's bit on the side. This lover, felt some level of guilt and wanted to call it off with Cordelia and make it up with his wife. Cordelia moved on and Mr. Dunning got back with his wife, Elizabeth. Upon August the 9th Elizabeth received a mystery box of chocolates labeled for you and your baby and decided she would eat some and share the rest with her family. Turns out Botkin, in a jealous and humiliated rage, retaliated to her dismissal by poisoning the box of chocolates with arsenic and sending it to her ex-lover's wife and family. Within a few hours Elizabeth was dead, her sister dying soon after. Four other family members were made ill, but ultimately survived the attempt on their lives. Victorian Serial Poisoning In Brighton, England, a series of deaths was causing mass panic, which in Victorian years, was a feat in itself, nobody knew the news, besides when they grouped in the cities and came across cellars. By the time it was noticed, it was too late to stop the number of deaths that could occur, as a result of this poison batch of chocolates. Nobody could tell what was going on, what was causing it, or who was doing it but as you can imagine people were dropping like flies and there were not many clues to go on, victims dying too soon to help give any evidence. This was the 1870s and mostly before the industrial ages brought about any changes in the medical industry equipment and technique, that doctors take for granted these days. It was not until chocolate was being found in the GI tract of those dying, as well as boxes found in the homes of those who were poisoned, that it finally pointed to the person responsible, in this case the chocolatier himself. Further testing went on to prove the police theory and the chocolatier was sentenced to hang. Cup of death before bed? Madeline Smith was known for being a beautiful young woman, 21 years of age and living in Glasgow, Scotland, in 1897. She was involved in a love affair with a local clerk called Emile Langelier, to whom she writes several love letters, detailing the passions of her affair. While being forced to become engaged to her father's friend, he is said to have raged about how nobody else could love her, the way his friend would, whom he likely owed for some reason. 
Madeline thought if she could get the letters back she could stop any chance of ruining things for her father, by being publicly embarrassed as being the town's trumpet. The problem being, Langelier refused to give them back and threatened to show them to Madeline's fiancé. In fits, she somehow persuaded Langelier to meet up with her, just one last time and have some cocoa together, pouring arsenic in his and leaving him to die soon after. Pour amour? Unlike beautiful Madeline, or man-friendly Cordelia, Christiana Edmonds was known for being an ill-tempered and waspish spinster. She was one of those ladies, who just put people off being around them grumpy and mean with a nasty temper and attitudes towards life. In her lonely state, she became convinced that the local doctor, Dr. Beard, had fallen in love with her and this was a time before it was illegal to say anything that could be mistaken as loving, or sexual, nor was sexual harassment a common thing. This was thought of, as a one-sided fabrication and sadly for Christiana, Dr. Beard was happily married and gave no indication of liking her at all, in the way she thought he did. Christiana even sent him love letters telling him how much she adored him, laying it all out on a plate for him. He never replied. In 1871, Christiana convinced a young boy to buy a box of chocolates on her behalf, where she poisoned them with strychnine and sent them to Dr. Beard's wife, where she ate some, quickly dying in agony soon after.